Uh, I'm just going to go through uh, the games that uh, I played real quick. I don't have a whole lot. Some of these we already talked about um, on our first episode. So I realized that I've only played like three or four games from 2018 last year. So I definitely uh, dropped the ball on, on playing new games. But the the three that I played that actually came out last year were Captain Spirit that we talked about in episode one. Uh, oh yeah, I still need to play that one. Yeah, and then the two big ones that I actually got around to playing last year were Marvel Spider-Man, which overall was enjoyable to play. I had a few small quibbles with some of the mechanics of it. Generally, I'd say uh, it worked well. Uh, a game that is not working incredibly well right now is the other one that I played, Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah. <sighs> This, I don't, I don't know what what this game is is trying to do. Even just control wise, it seems to switch between two different modes of control. Either you're trying to do something something the game doesn't want you to do, so it kind of rests the controls from your hands and and forces forces you to do what the game wants you to do. And then at other times, it it feels like you're playing the game and then like a five-year-old is coming over and wants to play and will grab the controller and just things start just happening on screen where like there, there are multiple times when I'm trying to ride my horse through a thing and it just starts running around in circles. So I just put the controller down until it, it stops and then, and then try again. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, is this a, as, is that a problem you're having in like the main game or doing the Red Dead online? Oh no, this is the main game. Like if you try to, if you ride your horse and you try to ride it between trees, it, it, you'll try to direct it in one direction, but it'll go like if, if it'll try to swing around to the left, it'll instead try to drag you to the right and you'll end up running into the tree. Or like one time I just put the controller down and the horse just started running around in circles inside of this like stand of trees that I was in. And I just—it was probably like a good twenty seconds of just running around in circles in this stand of trees, trying to get out of it. Weird. Yeah, and the combat is is pretty painful. Um, all of the all of the combat controls are most of the controls are stacked under layers of button presses. So like you'll have to select your weapons, then you'll have to activate the trigger, and then you'll have to use the like the action button to pull out your actually pull out your guns so you know at this point you're several seconds into a an ultra of a gunfight and you'll still be trying to pull out your guns and i know a lot of people have been saying it's one of the best games ever made but so far i just feel like the the actual mechanics of the game are kind of sapping the enjoyment out of it for me <laughs> uh was did uh Shadow of the Tomb Raider come out in 2018? Yes. Okay. I think that's probably the only game uh, that I've played from 2018 then. Uh, so, spoiler free, what are your thoughts on it um, that you've played? Uh, I, I'm i enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a lot, actually. Um, I feel bad that, that I'm coming in at the third of the trilogy and finally playing a game. Um but that was mainly because I tried playing the first one and the extreme shaky cam made me feel like I was going to throw up 
which then kind of made me just skip the second one as well because I didn't know if they had fixed that yet. And then I just decided on a whim to download this one and uh, start playing it. And I'm enjoying it a lot. I uh, I actually really like the uh, the stealth mechanic in it, um, and the the combat that therein kind of gets thrown around. It's a it's a very different attempt at combat than in the previous games where it was just like you stand in the open and then you pull out whatever weapon you have and you just shoot at the people while you take fire doing doing backflips and (laughs) and leaping around in crazy directions yeah yeah uh which i feel like was in its own right very fun um but at the same like i i very much like this like you take three bullets and you're pretty much dead like a human being would be um so you have to be very careful about combat there was literally uh, a point in the game where i have to you have to like stealth kill just this huge group of people and just because of the it would have been a lot easier had i done my like uh uh what's the, the the like uh abilities if my ability tree had gone in a different direction that point of the game probably would have been a lot easier um, because after a certain point you can hide yourself kills um, and if i had just done that i wouldn't have left bodies hanging around this like <laughs> this area um so i kept getting discovery and being like okay what the fuck do i have to do and so i, I basically just kept doing was i would do those same kills and just go to another area hide out for a while, wait until everybody calm down. They don't actually like calm. They don't like metal gear solid calm down again. Like yeah. we're just like, well, Jeff's dead, but everything's probably fine. I'm just going to go back to my post and stand like they, they keep searching. Um, and so like, but they still follow their same, they'll still follow patterns. Um, so you just kind of have to read the pattern and figure out what it is and then go somewhere else. And like, I ended up having, I, had to um, just like out in the open, kill a few people and then run back and then like and go into a stealth position so that I could hide while just like waiting out and figuring out everybody's patterns again. Uh, but I eventually got through it and it was such a, a self, a, a sense of accomplishment for me because I was doing so terribly. Um, uh, yeah, I think I really like other than obviously for you, the shaky cam from the first game, I really like the direction they took things in. I think the second game, the first couple hours or so are kind of slow going as far as they kind of like try to throw you into a cinematic thing at the beginning, but it's, it just, it kind of doesn't work. And then you're thrown into the Siberian forest and you have to kind of start from like a zero position. So I think it's, it starts off kind of slow, but after, after I kind of got into it and started going around doing the missions, I, I found that I, I really enjoyed the the mechanics that they had set up in the in the game. And I also appreciate that they kind of ride the line between the, the out and out kind of supernatural tone of the first one and riding the line of a more realistic world, but still kind of dipping their toe into some of the same um, aesthetic choices that they might have gotten in originally. Yeah. And also like, not necessarily a spoiler or anything, but that, uh, that fucking Jaguar battle is terrifying. <laughs> I think the first one has, I think each game has, has a, 
an, an animal encounter like that. Because the first one had the wolves, right? Yeah, and the second one has a bear. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So he and yeah, just the way they set it up is is really good in the the kind of frantic button button pressing, which is where I think that quick time events can actually work really well. Whereas yeah. When your your eyes are like scanning all over the screen trying to wait for that where that button's going to come up, so you don't just get murked by a by an animal. I think that's the thing like the the combat in that game too uh, that it does really well is it's very easy to it's not necessarily easy to like screw it up um, but when in those moments where like there's a, literally a jaguar coming at you and it doesn't slow down so that you can do the like slow motion aim and like fire thing it's like no this is an animal it is coming after you figure it out kill it yeah <laughs> and i think that was the thing that i was expecting it's like every time it leapt at me to just like go to slow like um, like in the first one with the wolves it does um and it, i don't really think it did that and so it was like oh my god i actually have to try yeah and so that like that screwed me up a couple times where it was like i was aiming it and um was like trying to aim it and, like pull my bow back and like lose the arrow um but because i was panicking so much i just like would shoot it right past it and was like God damn it and then i'd have to like scramble and run away and like get to the other side of the pit and then try again and like it would go and hide up in a tree for a minute and i'd be like what what the hell do i do now and then it would jump down at me and like oh my god uh let's see see so, yeah, i think that's our gaming report for 2018 oh. and soul caliber as well oh yeah so i played the shit out of some soul caliber <laughs> Uh, I feel like for video games in 2018, there was a lot of hype leading up to the release date and then just complete silence after that where you didn't really hear much from it. Um, I think the kind of the biggest games were either holdovers like Fortnite uh, or they were like indie games or free to play games where there's just the experience is just so crazy. Like I feel like Hitman is where they're able to not necessarily design it where stuff goes wrong and creates wacky moments, but just writing that line of not polishing it too much so that there's that, that room for unique experiences where a lot of the, the big releases didn't have that where everything was so locked down and scripted that there wasn't any opportunity for anything spontaneous to happen. Yeah. Also, as a real quick, I'm pretty sure my, uh, if I went and checked out my, like, my clock time on Soul Calibur, it would be, like, hour and a half of gameplay, 10 hours in the character creator. <laughs> I mean, that's where, that's where the, that's where their bread and butter is at this point, I feel like. And they probably, yeah. they kind of know that based on their, the mechanics that they've put in for just creating the characters, not necessarily using them to fight yeah, just the creating them is, is just so much fun. Uh, so, uh, moving on to television of 2018. Somehow I only watched uh, Netflix shows for an entire season. Uh, I did start a bunch of other shows. I watched the first two episodes of Jack Ryan on Amazon, and I just couldn't 
make myself care uh, to continue after that. So uh, I gave up on that. Uh, and then outside of that, yeah, pretty much just Netflix shows. Um, I watched uh, the third season of Daredevil. Rest in peace, Daredevil. Uh, Pour one out for your homie. Yeah. And then uh, Jessica Jones season two. Which I think both of the both of these seasons, uh, sadly, considering that they either have been canceled or will soon be canceled as soon as their respective seasons have been released, uh, I think they're they both were able to improve over kind of shaky previous outings. Uh, I think both in both cases because they just they just want too many episodes out of each season when it doesn't necessarily warrant that particularly Jessica Jones where in the second half I feel like there are two or three episodes where nothing happens and there's just a lot of standing around arguing about what they're going to be doing next instead of actually doing um let's see I feel really bad about the Netflix Marvel universe um mainly just because Iron Fist killed me like I I I stopped watching after that and so many things have come out since then that I just have not watched or caught up on that I keep telling myself I'm going to, but just can't bring myself to care. Yeah, and I feel like even um, I had even started Luke Cage season two, but I I realized quickly that the thing that I liked about the first season of Luke Cage was actually uh, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna totally mess up his name. Ooh, I think I got it. Okay. Uh, Mahershala Ali. That's the one. That's, yeah, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to try that and pull a Jimmy Kimmel, um, uh, which is a reference to when he made fun of his name at the, was the Emmys or the Golden Globes? Uh, either way. Um, but yeah, he was, he was really what made that show interesting and uh, spoiler alert for a two year old season of, t- of television. But when he got killed off halfway through, Season one, I was less like, oh, well, now there's it kind of the energy just deflated out of that show. So, yeah, um, let's see. Uh, I watched American Vandal season two, which, while not as um, perfectly pitched and t- and and expertly crafted as season one, is still a really good season of television. Um, American Vandal season one i i think is probably the best complete season of of comedy of a comedy show that's out there it's kind of the the perfect it's it's kind of a parody but also its own thing of like those true crime or like vice style tv shows so if you if you watch those vice shows and you like you you start watching the first season of american vandal it's like it's just perfectly pitched the whole way through and but yeah, season two, pretty good. Hard to follow up on that. But uh, also, rest in peace, American Vandal. Uh, they're not getting a third season, which uh, is, is 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 too bad. I hadn't heard of that one. What What is that one? That's the one. Uh, season one is uh, the uh, Who Drew the Dicks. And then season two is, uh, is where an entire school of children uh, poop their pants in the cafeteria. Is this on Netflix? Yeah, it's a Netflix show. Okay, I'm going to have to look into this. Yeah, the the first season there's I can't remember the guy's name, but the like the the main subject of the first season, like his performance is 
just like the perfect performance of that kind of character that you see in those kinds of of those kinds of shows yeah uh let's see i started but have not yet finished the chilling adventures of sabrina it started off real strong there was a a very particular style that it had as far as the uh, cinematography and and shot composition and then i feel like as as the season has gone on it's just kind of gotten more and more generic so i'll probably end up finishing it at some point but i just like it, it the the way it had grabbed me at the beginning is it had not wasn't carried through the rest of the mm-hmm. season and my last two were from earlier in the year which Twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen I I in my brain are just pretty much the same year where I can't I have a hard time remembering which one was which because I thought these were from twenty seventeen, but then there's a lot of stuff from twenty seventeen that I thought was last year. Um, <laughs> but uh the first seasons of Altered Carbon and Lost in Space. Uh Lost in Space it's a very interesting show that I'm not sure if I what I how I feel about it like I don't know if I liked it or not uh, I think it suffers from the same problem of having too, way too many episodes um, so there's a lot of st- there's a lot of filler towards the middle part that I think could have been excised and compressed did that one get a 12 episode run I want to say 12 or 13 episodes but I feel okay. like so it, like the Netflix standard yeah, but I feel like eight or nine would have been perfect because mm-hmm. there are way too many times where the family will go out to a spot, get in trouble, and then at the end of the episode, get out of trouble and go home, which like that was the plot of the original show. But, you know, it's 2018 and it just doesn't work when you're watching them all at once. Yeah, uh, the the things that I do like did like about it were all the performances were really good. And I think that's what kind of carried me through it. My biggest problem with it. Um, and this is kind of a spoiler, but is that you're waiting the whole season for the title to actually become relevant to the story. And you're literally waiting to like the last 30 seconds. So yeah, they're, they're not lost in space for the entire show. Yeah, so like you're waiting for that, you're waiting for it to start. That it then you find out that that's not what the, actually the first season is about. So we'll see if what happens if they have a second season, whether or not they actually come through on that promise of being lost in space. But uh, and then Altered Carbon is another show that I have a lot of conflicted feelings about. I think the storytelling is really good. The first couple episodes, there's a lot of stuff happening. And you kind of have to be paying attention, but also have a lot of patience in the fact that what you're watching will eventually pay off, even though you have no idea. Like you're watching this and like the first three episodes, I was just like, why, why am I watching any of this stuff happen? But when the second half kicks in and kind of everything starts falling into place, like everything just lines up. And you kind of realize why they were doing what they were doing. And then it, and I think in that way, it's, it's better built to be binged all at once rather than 
watching an episode like every few days or once a week. Um, and that one actually doesn't fall into that trap. I think there's only probably one episode of the first season of Altered Carbon that I would say is unnecessary rather than huge swaths of episodes that could be excised out of the canon. Yeah. I always feel like there's there's always filler episodes of shows when they have to do 22, 24 episodes. Um, but like that, that 12 episode mark is usually pretty perfect. So if a show can't concisely make 12 episodes, it almost feels like you guys just should have stayed in the writing room for another like two days. Yeah. I think the, the other sin that Altered Carbon makes with their filler episode is that it's entirely a flashback episode. Not only is it a flashback episode, but so they, they, they um, sprinkle flashbacks throughout the show because the show is about people's consciousnesses being inserted into new bodies as time, as their old bodies kind of die away, they get uploaded into a new body. Um, the main character gets woken up after a hundred was 80, a hundred years of being like locked in, in like a cryo sleep. So you get a lot of flashbacks to what his life was like before he was kind of put, put away for, for a while. And, uh, yeah, so that episode, half of that episode is flashbacks that you've already seen with a couple of new ones to kind of answer some questions. So I feel mm-hmm. like they could have kept sprinkling it in as opposed to just giving you an entire episode of stuff that you've already seen half of it. So un- possibly unpopular opinion time. I am ready for shows to stop storytelling through flashbacks. Like Lost did it. Arrow did it. I'm just ready for shows to not do it anymore. It has to be used for a very particular purpose. I think a lot of the time it's not used in a way that's important to the story. Yeah. Um, Cause even, even in a show like lost, they kind of didn't necessarily start it, but they popularized it, which I think, I mean, half the stuff that we see on TV now is popularized by lost. And so all the good and bad that you, you see on TV now, I think is, not entirely responsible for, but uh, I think a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff is. But I think, yeah, because even on Lost, a lot of their flashbacks were just because they had to do those twenty-two episodes a season, so they had to uh, fill up a lot of airtime. So they kept doing flashbacks to pad out the season. Yeah, but then there are a lot of a lot of the a lot of my favorite scenes from that from lost were uh flashback episodes like probably my favorite episode was the the ben linus flashback episode which has all the dharma initiative stuff and uh what's the guy from uh napoleon dynamite oh crap why can't i think of he's in a bunch of other stuff but that's that was the first thing i ever saw him in yeah anyway usually a flashback is just a way to to pad out a show that's hasn't gone on or that they haven't written enough story for. Yeah, I do. I do like when flashbacks are used in a way to show like the cyclical nature of what a character is doing. Yeah. Um, It's not, it's not necessarily like always a bad thing. I'm just, I'm kind of as a premise for a show, I'm kind of just like, eh, I can, I could watch something else. Um, But 
when showing like a flashback of what a character did at a certain point in their life and showing them now dealing with the situation and how what they did then informs on how they do things now and whether or not like that comes around in a way that's uh, it can be used for good character building or it could just be used as a lazy thing of like we just wanted to show that character had met insert other character before and that's why it's crazy that they turned up in the middle of the street right now (gasps) yeah what i thought you were dead kind of thing and it's like eh. Yeah, I think the show that w- did it was some of the best and worst at it was Once Upon a Time, which is another show that I'm severely conflicted about because Oof-da. they did a lot of good stuff, but then there was a lot of really bad stuff in there too. A lot of really bad stuff that I, f- I feel like if I, that show made me so angry because it made me at points sound like a men's rights activist, which is something I never want to fucking be. Um, but the fact that like after, after the second or after the, I think after the second or third season, it was very apparent that they were like, Oh, you like this interesting male character. We have to, murder him or turn him into a child so that the female character can be the main focus. And it's like, you can, you can have it both ways. You can have strong female characters without having to just decimate all of the men who could possibly overshadow them. And again, this is a very precarious tightrope to walk, but uh, Graham was a really cool fucking character had to kill him off because reasons, um, August was a really cool character. Turns out he was Pinocchio. Turn him back into a little kid. Fucking what? I think that was just because the char- the actor was too expensive, maybe. Even though I can't imagine like he's drawing that much money. But I, I feel like that was that's what happened there. Other than being dollar store Paul Rudd, I can't imagine what that guy <laughs> is doing now. Um, I think really the, the thing that for me that show did that was good was when it when it started with Regina and then went back through the generations to show how the, all these bad things had piled up over the years. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you see you have Regina, she's a bad person, and then it flashes back to before, and you see, you know, it was because her mother, but then you flash back before, and you see, and you see, like, I, don't, I, just, I just thought it was interesting how they showed how you know choices that everyone you know had been making throughout all the centuries well i i guess not really centuries but decades even though the the timeline of the show was kind of hard to parse out sometimes because it seemed like (laughs) thousands of years had passed but it's kind of all the same characters but i thought it was interesting that you know you you saw how they they conceptualized how evil worked where it wasn't just you know someone was born evil like their experiences kind of pushed them into a place and they reached a point where they had to decide which direction they were going to go and whether or not they were able to make the right choice kind of put them on the the path that they ended up going down. Also giving her a legitimate reason for like hating Snow White. I mean, even though she was a little kid, but like she got a dude killed. Yeah. And that was because of 
Regina's mother and you found out that, you know, she was doing it out of, out of fear because she had, you know, the, what the life that she has lived up until a point where she was able to be slightly secure in her life. And she was, she was really doing it out of fear not just because she was an evil character, which is what I thought was interesting. But then they, the, I think the worst thing that once upon a time started and I'm sure this was also, you know, probably didn't start it, but this is when I started noticing it happening more and more is when you take a character that's, it's a, a bad person or a bad, you know, the, the villain and then having them appear in so many episodes or movies that just have, have to be the good guy eventually. Cause like, I feel like, you know, everyone has forgiven Regina, but I'm like, but, but she killed the guy in the first season. Like, <laughs> Like, yeah, Jamie Dornan was alive, and now he's dead, and he's never coming back. Like everyone else has, has come back and forth, but he never came back. And you kind of see this, the same thing with Loki, where you know he's a bad guy in the first two or three movies, but then as Tumblr has slowly made him more popular, they had to be like, well, he wasn't actually a bad guy. He's actually a good guy. He's just misunderstood. And I'm just like. But now he we, murdered people. Are we going to ignore all the people that he killed off? Like, yeah. And then, yeah. So that's the first time I noticed that where you take a character that's done things that they shouldn't be just hand waved away and forgiven for. But then, you know, the, the fans have made them so popular that they just all of a sudden have to be kind of retroactively made the protagonists. Yeah, that was kind of my, I mean, Thor The Dark World is kind of just a hot mess of a movie anyway, but turning it into like the Thor and Loki buddy cop movie, I was like, I am not here for this. Yeah, which is why I liked in, uh, you saw Thor Ragnarok, right? Yeah. Which is why I liked where they just like totally took the piss out of him for the entire movie and just made him look kind of like an idiot. So I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can deal with this. Like he's not the out and out bad guy, but also like you're not going to trust him and, and fall in love with him, but then he's going to secretly be the bad guy in the end. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think now of like television that I've watched this, this last year and everything that I think I've watched has just been continuations of shows, um, like new seasons of shows. I mean, Yeah. Um, like right now I, we're, we're on season three of the good place, uh, which I feel like they, they understand that they, there is only so much that show can do. Yeah. I would be very surprised if there is a season four of this one. I feel like it's getting to a point where it's just like the show just needs to be done and it needs to be good and it needs to just be its own thing and let that be and not just keep doing it for the sake of doing it. Um, because up to this point, it has just been fantastic. Uh, and I cannot recommend that show enough. Um, but if it's just one of those shows that keeps going, I don't know how they could possibly keep going forward with it. Without, uh, without running it into the ground and, and murdering. Yeah. It. And at, at a certain point, the just basic concept of the show will just be gone. And then what, what is the show about at that point? It'll just, it would have to be retooled and rebranded as a completely different show. And then you end up with scrubs med school 
which <laughs> nobody wanted. Yeah. But other than that, I feel like I'm trying to think of shows that dropped seasons this year. Uh, I think the the Arrested Development season five was 2018. Oh, yeah. That was rough. Yeah. So I before that came out, they had done the season four remix where they had taken everything and they had recut it in chronological order instead of that terrible character by character thing they did originally. Which did not work at all. Yeah. I think like it's not a great season of Arrested Development, but I think a lot of the jokes work a lot better when you see the setup and payoff in the same episode as opposed to three or four episodes later. And you just have to remember that that setup was there in the first place. Yeah, because I think because they the way they had made it, it was more of like a mystery box kind of thing or like a, a puzzle box rather than a sitcom. So like none of the jokes worked because the setup and the punchline were in completely different episodes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like it's not it's not great, but I think the the remix version of season four was a lot better than what they did with with it originally and then yeah the season five i think there's maybe two or three good jokes in the whole season but even that would be pushing it yeah like they even made like buster was was probably the only consistently funny thing in the fourth season and even even he was it was pretty rough for him too in this last one yeah so i i feel like they they floated out because they only did like what five episodes and I feel like they floated it out as like a, here's part one of this new season. And then it just got torn to shreds and did terribly. I don't think we're getting that part too. Yeah. At, at, at this point, I mean, it's been 16 years since it premiered and I think it, it did what it had to do, which was kind of tear down the nineties 80s and 90s sitcoms from the time, which I, I think it was able to do that and kind of usher in a new a new style mm-hmm. of of comedy show where you don't have to have the laugh track and you don't have to have characters that are that are relatable and likable all the time. But yeah, I think I think it should just be at this point it just needs to be retired as three really good seasons and then two matrix sequels that people just pretend don't actually exist. Yeah. It, it almost comes down to just being like two seasons of Ron Howard patting himself on the back. Especially when he actually starts showing up on screen. Yeah. And it's like, we, we get it. Like Ron Howard is connected. Like it was always just one of those things where it was really funny that Ron Howard was the narrator and they never addressed that address that if they just they just got ron howard and having him be the narrator call attention to the fact that when he's on screen that hey that's ron howard hey what a swell guy uh and, and then just like all of all of the characters not all of the characters but it's like michael's arc in both seasons just revolving around ron howard it's kind of really killed it for me. Um, having him show up in that little stinger bit at the end of season three was great because it was like, oh, okay, they're addressing the fact that Ron Howard obviously does exist in this world. Yeah. But like just 
continuing that with him just showing up and being there, being a character in the show. It's just like, uh, why are you doing this? Yeah. I hate it so much. I think the only thing that suffered worse than Ron Howard um, was actually one of my favorite bits from the first three seasons. But I think Tony Wonder was just everything. Every time he's on screen is just uh, an abysmal time. Like, yeah. It's so awful. Everything with him and Job is just incredibly painful to watch. Yeah, I I, I completely blocked that out of my brain until just now. And now it's like everything, all the sadness came that flooding I felt, back. Yeah, it was just, it's just flooding back now. Uh, another show that I am pretty sure is just not coming back, um, which... It, if you if you ever need an example of the law of diminishing returns, just watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, I mean the first season was was amazing. It's like it did what Arrested Development did, where it completely remade what comedies were. I feel like mm-hmm. because you had that like weird kind of middle of the lane sitcoms going into the early 2000s and the rest of element just completely broke that and kind of gave you this kind of cynical worldview and then Kimmy Schmidt kind of came and just like completely flipped that around where every everything's optimistic but also kind of realistic where I think kind of uh, but completely absurd at the same time yeah like the first season I, I mean the first episode I was only half sold on until the end of the first episode where she's singing the Lion King song. And then, but then it just like right at the very last second, it quick cuts to like what's actually happening. And she's just like completely drowned out by all the passing traffic traffic and no one's paying attention. And just, and I was like, okay, this is, this is a show that I want to get into. Yeah. Yeah. That first season was just lightning in a bottle. And every season after that has just gotten consistently not as good. Yeah, season two, there were some high highs and lows, but I feel like mm-hmm. this last one. Well, I th- I think part of it is that they ran out of types of jokes that they could do. So now there's like only a couple of jokes. Some of them are kind of funny, but it's just the same jokes every time now. Yeah, yeah, they instead of taking kind of like that real world and putting something absurd in it, they've just gone full absurd and it just doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. And like even Kimmy herself in the first season, you know, she went from like completely naive child into an adult. And I feel like that's the same arc that she's been going on every season. Yeah. So, and that's all, that's another, you know, you can only watch that so many times before you're just like, okay, she has to go on to something else now. Like she has to move forward in some way, but she just never does. Yeah. I, I blocked that out of my memory too, but now it's, now it's all coming back, flooding back again. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I can do that for you. 